good, everybody? Happy Black Friday, post-Thanksgiving, whatever you want to call it. But this is where we love to be. This is the Early Edge, your daily sports betting brand of record. This is our NFL weekly prop special. We only talk props here, nothing else. And I'm going to make it very, very simple for you today. All we're going to do at 200 likes, everybody watching the show live, pound that like button for me at 200. I'm going to pick a very lucky individual out of the chat. That's going to win a free early edge hoodie, which everybody wants. I need you to leave your Twitter handle every time you write something in there. Also, this show, if you're brand new to it, completely interactive. All right. So if you have a prop that you think you like or you see, I need you to put in the chat. Put the number, meaning minus 115, minus 120, whatever it is, and also include your Twitter handle as well. Now, let's bring in the stars of the show because we made some changes this week that we need to talk about. First and foremost, let's welcome in Uncle Dave Richard from Fantasy Football today. Dave, happy Thanksgiving to you, sir. Happy Thanksgiving, Coach. Good to see you. Good to see you, Alex. And I'm only an uncle on this show. I'm not going to be relatives to any other degenerates on any other show other than this one. And speaking of degeneracy, one of the bets that I called out last week that I didn't win was a Danny Amendola bet. The lesson learned is to stop. Well, besides, you know, don't bother with the Texans when it comes to player props. But <laughs> st- I'm going to stop with these low-end guys, these fringe players. I'm going to focus more, uh, unless I've got a really good reason, maybe I believe that a player isn't a fringe player. For example, if there was a Dontrell Hilliard prop that I would have found, <laughs> I would have hammered the over on that one. Yep. But I'm going I'm to stick with the big-name guys. We're going to stick with the big-name players, the guys that play a lot, the ones that really do have a chance to get you over or and if I go under on it under a certain player prop that's the lesson from last week for me I say this in all sports if you go with stars because I just heard Brendan still professional golfer talk about betting on golfers he said why would you change he goes go with the guys that are consistently performing for you because eventually you'll win money with them if you stay with them and that's kind of what you're describing right now let's stick with the guys that give us points okay now speaking of stars this guy is a star for us Now, Alex, this week, because we're trying to get a handle on how do we beat the books, because we know your article sports line, which is probably the most read article on the entire site. We've got some breaking news. What are we doing with that article that normally comes out at 11 a.m. on Friday? Yes, we do have some breaking news indeed, Coach. Nice to see you, by the way, Uncle Dave. Uh, Yeah, the article going forward is going to be released on Saturday morning. So that will be excellent news for this show, as all the props that I'll be giving out will have been completely untouched. They have not appeared anywhere else. You will be able to hopefully get the same numbers uh, that we're putting out. So, yeah, very excited about this fact. Which also does something else for us, means that there's even more of an emphasis on watching the show live because you want to put the numbers in as soon as my two guys, my gurus, my MVPs give them to you live right here on the show. So I think that's all the housekeeping. So let's get into it because we've got several best bets that we need to get to our first game. Gentlemen, if it's all right with you. Steelers and the Bengals. This one means a ton in the AFC North. The numbers Bengals minus four, the total at 45. And Alex, you have found one prop in this game you absolutely love. Start us off. I I do indeed. And he's been a popular under and fade on this very show. My main man, Uncle Dave, has called him before. And that is Tyler Boyd under four and a half receptions. Uh, Yeah, this line or this number, in my opinion, is an overreaction to last week's target share and volume that Boyd just hasn't received consistently throughout this season. He is at best the third option in this passing game behind two very dominant alpha wide receiver ones. Um, Yeah, he is in trouble if this offense also ends up being being a low-volume passing offense as well. Boyd has been somewhat inefficient. He has a 7.2 average depth of target, a very paltry 1.47 yards per route run. Uh, That is in line with his underlying volume. He needs high passing volume in order to have a ceiling. Uh, He's only averaging 4.4 receptions per game and 6.3 targets per game. Uh, He's failed to catch five passes in six of 10 games this season. There are a lot of mouths to feed on the Bengals offense. Also, if they find themselves leading in the game, they've shown they are not afraid to completely commit to to running the football. Last week, Joe Mixon, who I want to remind everyone, Uncle Dave, gave out as a winner his uh, combo prop had 30 carries, which was just a massive workload. Wow. So yeah, the, the Bengals are not afraid to run the ball uh, when they find themselves up in a situation. 
uh, that also works against Boyd, in my opinion. Uh, furthermore, the Steelers, who their opponent this week, they are getting back Minka Fitzpatrick, Joe Hayden. Both these DBs were out last week. Also a chance TJ Watt play. So, yeah, this is just a tough spot for Tyler Boyd, who's at best third in this passing offense. So, yeah, I really like under four and a half receptions. And if you like it, damn it, I like it too. All right. No questions in the chat yet because a lot of people, and this is where I want to dive into before we get to the next game, because this is an issue, which is why we moved your article to Saturday. What is the best way? And I want both of you guys to give me a take on this for people who have a book that does not list props until maybe Saturday morning or even Sunday morning, because a lot do, but a lot do not. What's the best way to go about trying to get as close to the numbers you give out as possible? Dave, you can start. As far as it's just got to be a number that you're comfortable with. So, for example, let's say we all agree that Tyler Boyd is a long shot to get to five receptions. When this line comes out, I'm going to be interested in seeing, well, is it going to be four and a half at my book, first and foremost? And then what's the juice on it? It's basic stuff, things that experienced betters know. But the people who are just now starting to get into player pops have to keep this kind of information in mind. And they might rush. They they might just see the prop on the screen that Alex gave, and they'll run to the book, and they won't think about the juice. Or the book will have it at five flat, meaning that it'll be a tie if Boyd gets to five. Or maybe it'll be at four flat is probably the better example, uh, given what the prop is which means that if Boyd gets to four catches, which honestly would not surprise me, um, that means you don't win on the bet. That means it's a push Mm -hmm. on the bet. And the books that are holding back until they see what Alex has to say, they (laughs) might put it out at four flat at minus 125. Well, I don't know if that's such a great under at that point, because now you're only going to cash the ticket if Boyd has three or fewer catches. And it's a tie if you get to four. So I, I think you just have to take the advice. You can accept it if you want to. And then when the line actually comes out, you have to just kind of gauge, is it the same as what we told you on the show? Is it the same as what you may have expected? And if it is, then you go ahead and bet it. And if not, then you've got to maybe pay, change your course a little Best. bit. Great advice. Alex, what are, what are your thoughts quickly on that? Yeah, I would also say to don't be afraid to just pass on a prop. You know, if you're not getting the same recommended uh, number that Dave and I are giving out, then likely what's happened, the market has corrected itself and just the line has become a lot more efficient. So, yeah, I would just strongly caution you to pass on the prop. It's also very advantageous to have multiple uh, accounts with multiple sports books so you can get access to these props um, early. Yeah, but just don't. Don't be afraid to pass on a prop just because you're, you're missing out. Sometimes the best bet coach will say this often is no bet. So yeah, pass. If you're not getting a similar number, you can also pivot uh, to a correlated prop. For instance, if I'm fading Boyd at four and a half receptions, uh, likely his yards is also going to be inflated. So yeah, I would also look at correlated props. Don't be afraid to pass. And yeah, it's advantageous and very beneficial to have as many accounts on as many books as possible. That that's the mo- that all that's great. But that last one is because people they complain all the time. Oh, my book doesn't have it. Get three or four accounts. You don't have to put a ton of money in all of them. Just have them. So you have access to them. Not because you have to make the bet out of that account every single time. And you don't have to make the bet four times if you have four books. All right. Now, quickly from that Steelers game, Najee Harris, Dave, I'll come to you uh, over yeah. four and a half catches plus one twenty five. I like the juice on that one. I think everybody's going to look at what happened the last time the Steelers played the Bengals and they're going to say, oh my God, you know, double digit catches for Najee Harris. Sign me up for that. But really that was circumstantial. The fact that there were so many injured pass catchers for Pittsburgh that Ben Roethlisberger really didn't have a choice. He ran out of guys to throw to and he was dinking and dunking his way with Najee Harris. I think it's in line. I think it's possible that he can go over and I like that you're getting odds on it. Five catches for Harris. He's certainly done that before. And this is a, you may remember that this is the Bengals defense that got dinked and dunked on by Mike White and the Jets several weeks ago. The running backs caught a ton of passes in that game. We don't know if they've necessarily adjusted to it, and it wouldn't be a surprise if the Steelers, to try and keep that heat off of Ben Roethlisberger, look to use Najee Harris in the passing game. All right, very good. Let's continue to pound that like button for me. We get to 200. We're going to give away a free early edge hoodie right here live on the show. Now, let's get into our next game, guys. The Bucks, the defending champions. Uh, last week, they didn't look great. It wasn't a, a popular opinion when I put it out on Twitter, but they didn't. Uh, minus three, 
at Indianapolis. The Colts are surging. They really took it to the Bills last week. The total at 53. Alex, let's start with you. Yeah, so I've got a prop, another under, hashtag under season. Loving the unders this week. But yeah, the prop is unders. (laughs) Loves unders. Uh, (laughs) The prop is T.Y. Hilton under 37 and a half receiving yards. Uh, Hilton has been held under this in his last three games. He has an eclipse 26 yards while averaging 15 receiving yards per game on four targets per game over those last three games, 75% hit rate on the under this season. Uh, He is dealing with numerous injuries. This guy is just a walking injury uh, every week on the injury report for a different reason. He's got a nagging toe injury this week. It's caused him to be limited in practice all week. He's one of the least durable players in the NFL. Also Tampa Bay's defense has quietly improved a lot, especially in that secondary. Um, The Colts are also a team with a lot of weapons that spread the ball around. Round. Similar to the Eagles, which I'm going to get into later as we discuss one of my other props, the Colts are committed to running the football. I think we're going to see a game plan that heavily favors that this season. They want to protect Carson Wentz. They want to feed one of the most electric uh, players in the NFL and Jonathan Taylor. Uh, yeah, after a terrible start to the season, the Bucks have really played a lot better defensively. They're currently seventh in passing DVOA, which is a drastic turnaround compared to earlier in the season when they were just a complete pass fun and they were just really struggling shutting down opposing passing games. Uh, the Bucks have allowed the ninth fewest yards to the wide receiver position this season. So, yeah, I really like fading T.Y. Hilton, who's third or fourth at best in a low-volume uh, passing offense. Boom, under 37 and a half, lock it in. Dave, what do you got? So with T.Y. Hilton, he's only run around on 39 of the Colts past 57 pass plays. Usually when a receiver is very involved in their offense, just by comparison, let's think about somebody like Michael Pittman, who is another going to be, that's another player that I think people are going to look at the player prop on for his over and under. I know I looked at it. I studied this game. Uh, He's been in on 52 of 57 pass plays that Indianapolis has had over the last two games. So T.Y. Hilton is already not even playing half the snaps for Indianapolis. He's also not playing every single passing down for Indianapolis. So they're using him selectively. He's not getting a ton of targets. And Alex is right. The guy just isn't the same guy that he once was. So this is one that I feel pretty good about. I like this call. All right. Very, very good. All right. uh, Let's stay there because, Dave, you have a play in this game as well, correct? I do. And it's Tom Brady over two and a half passing touchdowns at plus 140. I'm a sucker for the odds, coach. I think it's a great bet, though. He's only given to two touchdowns each of his last few games. But listen to this. He hasn't gone three straight games without at least one three touchdown game since the end of the 2019 season with the Patriots, which means ever since he's come to Tampa Bay, at least one out of every three games he's been in, he's thrown three plus touchdowns and he's coming off of two games where he's only done two. That means he's due, right? Well, I think there's more to it that goes into it than that. They're taking on the Colts. That Colts run defense is really, really good. They've really stepped up. They might be almost as good as the Bucks run defense. Maybe right now they're neck and neck because the Bucks don't have Vita Vea going, but their pass defense, it's a sieve. Four touchdowns allowed to <laughs> wide receivers in their past three games. That's the second most over the last three weeks. Only one touchdown to a tight end by the Colts in the last three games, but they've allowed the second most yards and the third most yards after catch tight ends in that time span, which means Gronk's going to be involved. And if they get near the, if they get in the red zone, if they get near, give me a break. It's the Bucks. When they get in the red zone, Gronk's going to be an obvious target for Brady. He has been all year. And in the last three games, Tampa Bay's pass rate inside of 10 yards has been 64%. That's seventh highest. But inside of five yards, their pass rate, guys, is 100%. Let's go. That's the highest. You can't get any higher than 100%. That means all they're doing is throwing when they're getting near the goal line. They're going to get near the goal line. Leonard Fournette hasn't looked so good. I took a long look at his player props, too. I just couldn't pull the trigger on taking the under on Leonard Fournette's total yards at 86 and a half. But I can on Tom Brady. I think he's a good enough player that we can trust him in a player prop. He's going to get you at least three touchdowns and you're going to get paid extra dividends for it. Let's go. Let's go. You mentioned, you mentioned Brady though, with your touchdown prop, but chat question. What about his yardage? Do you think that correlates three, 10 and a half minus 114? So the one thing that I worry about with the yardage for Brady is whether or not the Colts are going to stay a competitive in the game and B that they're going to actually not try and choke out 
uh, Tampa Bay like Washington did a couple of games ago by playing either a dink and dunk offense or just running the ball effectively. I think Jonathan Taylor is really good. So I'm I'm not worried about Jonathan Taylor having bad numbers against this Bucks defense. But what I think is going to happen is that Indianapolis will find its way to putting up some points in the game. That means Brady and the Bucks are going to have to keep up. At 310 yards, yeah, he might go over that by a little bit, but I think it's a pretty steep number in general. I would much rather take my money to the total touchdowns and put it on the over knowing that I'm going to get odds on it. I would much rather take my money to the pay windows where I would like to go. Well, we're going to go there to the too, Coach. <laughs> uh, you mentioned Jonathan Taylor. So another chat question. Let me come to you, Alex. Uh, his uh, yardage total 79. His combo total is 107. I don't have the uh, the juice on that. Sorry. Yeah, I, I absolutely lean over. It's either an over or a no play with this guy at this point. He's one of the best players in football, uh, the best running back in football. Uh, he has also shown uh, even against top notch opponents like the Bills who have an elite run defense, he will run on anybody and anyone at any time. They are committed to him. He is absolutely electric. He snaps off big plays regularly. So, yeah, I uh, Dave mentioned no Vita Vea. That is a big loss for this Tampa Bay defense. We've also seen the Bucks a little more vulnerable recently to uh, opposing running games. Some teams have had some success running against them. Washington being an example. So, yeah, I absolutely expect Jonathan Taylor to feast against this defense. Uh, they are an exceptional defense, but he is more than capable. Colts also have an exceptional uh, run blocking line. So lean over on both. I actually think I prefer um, the combo prop in this situation uh, because we've seen Taylor snap off plenty of big chunk plays yeah. in the passing game as well. So, yeah, I like both uh, slight lean to the combo prop, though. All right. Very good. Cody in the chat. Let me come back to you, Dave. A lot of questions on this game. You, we mentioned Michael Pittman, Michael Pittman, his uh, receiving total is 65 and a half minus minus one fifteen. I was originally going to go with the under on it and I'm, I'm taking a step back because yes, I do think Indianapolis is going to run a lot, but I also think that when they do throw Pittman's going to be the target and it wouldn't surprise me if he ended the game, not with 120 yards, but in the neighborhood of 75 yards, something like that. Just because when you go back and you look at the games that Indianapolis lost this year, Pittman played big, had a lot of targets, Got a decent amount of yards. I think it's like 85 yards. I think that's the stat that scared me off was that in their losses, he had 85 plus yards, I think in all but one of their losses. So mm-hmm. this is the guy that Wentz is going to lean on. We've seen that tendency from Carson Wentz to lean on his physical outside receivers. That goes back to his days in Philadelphia. That's going to continue on here. And it's a matchup against this secondary for Tampa Bay that I just can't trust yet to take away Michael Pittman. Not that Pittman is the end all be all, but because we know that he's capable of winning those 50, 50 balls, the guy's six, five, he's an absolute beast. And so he can go and get up and catch those passes from Carson Wentz. And all he needs to do is catch two or three of them and bang the unders dead. All right, real quick. And Alex, I'll come to you, but uh, we're always, uh, interactive, but we're also transparent too. Uh, in the chat, there are a couple of guys are saying that Vita Vey is coming back this week. They're saying, where are you seeing that he is out this week? I think Dave mentioned that. I actually wasn't. Uh, I was talking to I Dave. I don't mean to put Dave saying, on saying, the spot. No, no, <laughs> I, didn't say, I did say to Dave. Yeah, I was saying, Alex, okay. I'll come to you. But uh, sorry, Dave, sorry, Coach. Yeah, that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. I just want to make sure we have all the information correct. So let's that's double check point. that before the end I'm of the checking show. it right now. Vita Vea was limited in practice two days this week. Okay. Uh, shout out to the chat for keeping us honest. So, yeah. yeah, there's it looks like there's a chance and uh, maybe a okay. decent chance that Vita Vea plays. And that would obviously hurt uh, Jonathan Taylor a little bit. But I still, uh, especially still the total yards stuff. prop. Yeah. 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 I can't this get away from piece. that. Yeah. Sometimes you, you just ride it until you don't ride it no more. Uh, agreed. Right? Alex. Alex, what do you got, bud? Yeah, I agree. He's matchup proof at this point. Yeah, Vita Vea is obviously one of the premier run stuffers in the NFL. But yeah, the, this Colts offensive line also is exceptional and is going to give Kansas City's defensive line problems as well. So yeah, as good as Vita Vea is, Quentin Nelson is one of the premier run blocking guards in the NFL. So yeah, I still like Jonathan Taylor a lot with or without Vita Vea. Obviously, his loss would be a boost to it. But yeah, uh, Jonathan Taylor's involvement in the passing game coupled with his strangle hold on 
on the backfield touches. Naheem Hines has barely been involved. Marley Mack's been in an active uh, since the trade deadline passed. So, yeah, I absolutely love Jonathan Taylor this week, even despite the difficult matchup. And in the name of full transparency, we do need to make clear that Quentin Nelson isn't at 100%. We think he's going to play in the game. That's the best offensive lineman that they have, but they've got a really good offensive line across the board. That's part of the secret sauce that makes Jonathan Taylor such a great running back. Amen. By the way, they they had video of him on Monday Night Football uh, training before the game because he wanted to go Monday night, and they held him out. Uh, Good decision because they won the game anyway, Uh, but he was working out before the game, so I think we've cleared all that up, but he is a stud. There is no doubt uh, about that. All right, we've got to move on to our next game on the board. I know I missed a couple, but we've got to get – we only have so much time uh, on these shows. Uh, So let's get to our next game, and it looks a little something like this. Uh, Panthers and the Dolphins. Uh, One Eastern, Panthers are favored by two. The total is at 42. Alex, you have one play in this game. What do you got? Uh, I do indeed, Coach. And what season is it? Uh. 2021 (laughs) (laughs) under season. I've got another under (laughs) coach loves the unders. We're going with the unders. Drop it in the chat. Coach loves unders. This is my third under in a row. Absolutely love it. DJ Moore under 60 and a half receiving yards. I'm comfortable playing this down to uh, 56 and a half receiving yards. Uh, Yeah. After just an absolutely sizzling start to the season, Moore has really struggled as, as late. He has not eclipsed this number in four straight games. His targets are also down. He's averaging 7.25 targets over that four-game sample. Hasn't had double-digit targets since week six. Um, yeah, he has also delivered subpar target efficiency with a 7.6 yards per target. That is not a good number. Uh, the Panthers, we've also seen them be very run-heavy with Cam at quarterback. Uh, furthermore, this Miami defense is very... Very, very stingy, very tough on the outside, on the boundaries. Uh, Their secondary in particular, they rank seventh in passing DVOA against opposing number one wide receivers. So they are very adept at shutting down uh, the opposing number one wide receiver on the other team. Uh, the Panthers also rank seventh in rushing attempts. I believe that is going to continue, especially with Cam. Uh, but under sender, I just do not see this offense airing the ball out a lot. We've also seen DJ Moore just be inefficient recently. So, yeah, his targets are down. His role in the offense is somewhat shrinking. They are kind of shifting to a more run heavy centric approach on offense. So yeah, I really like fading DJ Moore. Uh, the number I got was under 60 and a half receiving yards. All right. Under 60 and a lot. I love when you describe game scripts that go completely opposite of what normal people at home think it's going to be. And by the way, by the way, if you think that Alex or Dave, you know, oh, coach loves unders is going to get you a shout out. It's not, <laughs> it's not max free. Jason, Jason, miles, Brent, Danny, Loadmeister, Cody, Joseph. I'm not giving you a shout out on the show for doing that. I'm not going to do it. Keep them coming. Canders, I will not give you a shout out for writing Coach Loves Unders. Stop. Just stop it. By the way, Christian McCaffrey, Dave, over. I just lost the number. We have too many people watching. That's it's, always. Yes, number. but that's All how right, you over have to combo. <laughs> <laughs> over one and a, 115 and a half minus 121 for Christian it's an McCaffrey. Over. It's an over. So it's it's an over specifically because the way this Panthers offense looked last week, and this is why I can back Alex's under on DJ Moore for this reason. Cam's getting rid of the ball quick. Carolina did a really smart thing. They're putting Cam in rhythm. As soon as he gets a snap, he's looking to get rid of the football. And he did a really good job, an efficient job of doing so. Really, his passes weren't off target. And he looked a lot for Christian McCaffrey. It has to be the combo prop. And I think the matchup against Miami is favorable for Carolina. And I think McCaffrey, as long as he doesn't get hurt, should be able to get you at least 120 total yards. You want to say that again? 100. Uh, 120. <laughs> Alex, what do you got? I, I do I, I do like McCaffrey's uh, combo prop. Much prefer to his rushing prop. I, I just want to, people to realize that his role is somewhat shifting. Obviously, he's still one of the premier uh 
weapons in football, but the rushing attempts have not been there. He has been held under 15 rushing attempts since he's returned from injury. Even last week in a competitive game script, he only had 10 rushing attempts. So yeah, the work as a receiver is phenomenal. Cam seems to really, really lean on him, but yeah, the rushing uh, volume is not what it has been with McCaffrey. We'll see if that changes this weekend or this week, yeah, Sunday versus Miami. But yeah, unfortunately I, I would kind of steer clear from his rushing props this week. He has 17 catches, 17 catches in his last two games. He's been targeted 18 times. That's a pretty good ratio. Yeah. Yeah, Not not a bad bad. ratio. Yeah. Uh, By the way, Pooh Bear in the chat at two Brute at two. I gave you a free hoodie two days ago, three days ago. And then you're right. I thought it said coach loves unders. My bad. You know what you're doing. You guys are just trying to make me angry and it's working. Danny said, but I love you coach. I don't love you, Danny. I do not love you. You know what I do love? Paramount Plus. Why? They pay me. Check it out. Thank you very much. Keep the chat moving. You guys are humming today on a Friday holiday weekend. Thank you so much. We are crossing the bottom of the hour. This is Early Edge Live. For those of you new to the chat, new to the show, follow our YouTube page. Subscribe. It's free. Turn on the notifications. So every time we have content that drops into your feed like this one right here, you get notified and you don't miss any of this incredible knowledge because knowledge in sports betting is power. Let's go. Next game on the board. And Dave, you're very late show heavy today. Very late show heavy today. So next game, Alex, we're coming back to you. Eagles minus three and a half at the Giants. The total 45 and a half. However, you like a running back that has been really picking up the pace the last few weeks. Who do you like? I do a D coach and I couldn't do you dirty and just go unders across the board. I had this. You could. I, I snuck one over in there. Uh, probably my favorite over that I've come across this week. I'm primarily on unders across the board, but yeah, and that is miles Sanders over 59 and a half rushing yards. Uh, Sanders is coming off a 16 carry 94 yard performance last week. He ranks 29th in success rate, 23rd in elusive rating and sixth in breakaway percentage. Uh, he has played very well uh, despite missing some time this season, the advanced metrics like him also no Jordan Howard, who's going to lead the majority of the backfield touches to miles Sanders, uh, the giants, rank 30th in rushing DVOA. Uh, They have been absolutely terrible defending against opposing running games. Uh, They're 11th in passing DVOA, so they've been good as far as the secondary is concerned. Uh, The Giants are allowing 105 yards per game on the ground to the running back position. That is the ninth most in the NFL. The Eagles are averaging 30.7 rushing attempts per game, third most in the NFL, 15.4 excuse me, 154 rushing yards per game, second in the NFL, only to Cleveland, first in rushing play percentage, 49.3%. Also, the Giants rank 29th in time of possession. Their lack of a running game makes it very difficult for that team to sustain drives, which puts the ball in the opponent's team uh, and the other opponent's team a lot. So, yeah, we've seen, I've talked about this a lot. This Eagles offense has just completely, completely overhauled their offensive philosophy. They are running the ball as much as any team in football straight down the opponent's throats. So yeah, I expect Miles Sanders to get the lion's share of the carries in this backfield. No uh, Jordan Howard, which is going to be big. He has been heavily involved in the game plan. They were neck and neck and touches last week before Howard went down. Uh, mentioned Sanders finished with 16 attempts. He's going to finish with uh, at least 12 to 14 attempts in this game. Easily cruise over this over in my opinion, if he uh, last the whole game, which I expect him to. So yeah, Miles Sanders over 59 and a half rushing yards. Love this play. And I love it too. Dave, what do you got? Coach, I was going to take this one as well. It's on my list, but the thing that I really like about Miles Sanders, there's actually two things. Number one, over five yards per carry each of his last three games. That includes before he got hurt when he was playing well, he's actually been over four yards per carry in all but one game this year. And his specialty appears to be on those outside edge runs. For example, last week, three of his carries were to those edge runs against new Orleans. He gained almost 50 yards on those three rushes alone. He was much worse between the tackles. The giants are terrible against those edge runs. So you have to hope that the Eagles coaching staff doesn't misuse Miles Sanders. They see, they know what his speed is like, and they know where he can turn the edge and gain a lot of extra ground that way. The Giants are allowing 6.8 yards per carry 
on runs to the outside edges. So all you need him to do is get maybe six or seven of those outside edge runs, and he'll come really close to getting over. And the rest of it he can do between the tackles. The reason why they are so big and running in Philadelphia is because of Jalen Hurts. I like his over on rushing as well. He's given you at least 50 rushing yards, I believe, in four straight games. Oh. It's a great combination there. And I think Miles Sanders should lead the way for Philadelphia's run game. He should be able to get you 60 yards. I thought this prop would probably come out at around 66, 67. And the fact that it's much lower just makes me love it. I think it's an easy over to take. Look at look at Dave with the bonus pick. Just throwing it. I like the Jalen Hurts over. Now I like the Jalen Hurts over. Alex, let me come back to you quickly on this game. Devontae Smith over 53 and a half receiving yards minus 115. Yeah, I'm leaning over on it. I did mention, though, in that breakdown of Sanders, though, that the Giants actually have a good secondary. Uh, they played well back there. James Bradbury is a very good corner. I expect him to shadow uh, Devontae Smith throughout the game. We're also just not seeing the volume for Smith. He's been exceptional. He's come on lately, but he's doing so uh, with a very minimal uh, target target share. So yeah, I, I do like Smith. However, this matchup, in my opinion, we're just going to see the Eagles probably run the ball 30, 40 plus times in the game like they've been doing. Uh, if it's not broken, don't fix it. We saw them absolutely dominate the New Orleans Saints. I talked about this all year, how phenomenal their front is. And the Eagles imposed their will against the Saints, who were number one in every single rushing defensive metric. Now we're seeing an absolutely dismal rushing defense versus is this Eagles team. I think they're going to run all over them. I just don't think Devontae Smith is going to get the type of targets you want. He's capable of going over. In my opinion, it's an over or a no play. But yeah, I just don't expect him or the Eagles to need to air the ball out a lot against this really putrid uh, Giants front. So yeah, I'm staying away from it personally. Okay, very good. We always say it. Sometimes the best bets are the bets you don't make. You don't have to bet on every single one. By the way, Jason says, if I win the hoodie, I'm going to have to hide it from the wife. She loves coach. Jason is not the first time I've heard that. My wife loves coach as well. (laughs) And she's only been your wife for four days. I know. I've got the veterans all, all loving me. Oh, there you go. Congrats, Alex. I didn't know you got married. I did. Yes, indeed. Thank you, Dave, this week. Congratulations to you and condolences to her. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> well we know he outkicked his coverage we know that for sure undisputed uh all right let's keep it going i'm just looking to see if there's any more on that game no all right we will move on and this is what we call the dave richard portion of the program uh we're gonna go to the vikings and the 49ers 49ers are given three the total is 49 and speaking of three dave that's how many plays you have in this game, the floor is yours. I, I love this game. I love a lot of what's going to happen. I think this is going to be an offensive explosion. And like Alex, I wanted to take a lot of unders this week, but I just couldn't find it in my heart to find some. And I'm not going to force it, coach. You. So Thank we're you. going overs all the way. All three of these props are going to be overs. Uh, allow me to take a breath after each one of these <laughs> um, because th- there's a lot to say. The first one I'm going to go with is Jimmy Garoppolo over one and a half touchdowns at minus 120. It, it seems like a lot of juice to lay on Jimmy Garoppolo finding two touchdowns, but he's actually giving you two touchdowns each of his past three games. In those past three games, the 49ers have a pass rate inside of 10 yards. Remember that stat I gave you with Brady, where how how often do they throw when they're inside of 10 yards? 68.8%. You could round that nicely if you wanted to. And there's a weird quirk as well, and that's Garoppolo's passing total in this game. 250 and a half yards. It seems super high. It's almost designed to make you want to take the under because he's not usually a quarterback that throws for that many yards. But whenever I see a line that's totally out of whack like that, it makes me think to myself Mm -hmm. that they're trying to get you to take one side for a reason. Mm -hmm. I don't want to tell you to put your money on over 250 and a half yards. I'm much more comfortable with the two touchdown over because of the fact that Garoppolo has done it for the last three games. And then you get to the Vikings. And this is really where I love this prop. Minnesota's allowed multiple passing touchdowns, three of their past four games, really ever since they lost Daniel Walker or Daniel Hunter rather on their defensive line. Dalvin Tomlinson, not expected to play from the Minnesota Vikings. Everson Griffin was their next best pass rusher. He's not expected to play from the Minnesota Vikings. So Garoppolo is going to be able to work on his tan 
while in the pocket <laughs> against this Minnesota secondary that hasn't played well. And I expect the Vikings to put up plenty of points against the San Francisco 49ers. Mix it all together, and I'm looking for a lot of points in this game. I'm looking for a lot of touchdowns, and I think Garoppolo is going to get you two of them over one and a half touchdowns at minus 120. Catch That's your breath. Number one. Catch your breath. Catch your breath. I'll come right back to you. How about we do this? Because I have one for Alex, and I'll come right back to you. So you can you can breathe. You can breathe because it's Thank not you. one of your plays. It's not one of your plays. I would never do that to you. You Jefferson, could. It's fine. <laughs> nah, but I wouldn't. Uh, Jefferson over six and a half catches minus 114. Alex. Uh, lean over for sure. We've seen Jefferson just he's been phenomenal as well. We're talking about, uh, yeah, a very short list of best receivers in football, playing his best football as of late as well. We've seen the Vikings offense um, basically commit to giving him double digit targets and we've seen the results. He's been exceptional. So, yeah, I like the over probably looking more towards yards. I know his yardage totals at 84 and a half. I prefer that just because he is a big play waiting to happen would not surprise me whatsoever for him to get behind the defense. You can throw to him in double coverage. So, yeah, I prefer the yards to the receptions in his uh, particular case. But I've got to start betting on him because I can't stand watching him dance after he does one of his great plays against me. It drives me bananas. Dave, let me come back to you. Okay, the next one that I like, it, it's kind of a twofer, but there's one that I like better than the other. It's it's about Brandon Ayuk, and if I'm going to like Garoppolo, I'm certainly going to like Brandon Ayuk. Over 54.5 receiving yards at minus 115 is the play to, that I really like, but I also can't say bad things about Ayuk over 4.5 catches at plus 120. You're getting odds with the receptions for Brandon Ayuk. He's back to being in the good graces of Kyle Shanahan, playing 90% of the snaps each of the last three games. He's had at least 85 receiving yards, Two of the last three games going back to that Daniel Hunter injury for Minnesota. It really just changed the tenor of their entire defense. Minnesota is dead last in the yards to wide receivers, dead last overall yards after catch fourth worst in yards after catch per reception and a 68.5% catch rate allowed to wide receivers. That's ninth worst in those last four games. So it just matches up perfectly with Ayuk who does play a little bit inside, but definitely lines up outside on the majority. I think he's going to be able to get over that total pretty easily. Don't see this as a game. We're going to see the 49ers just run their way to victory, especially if Elijah Mitchell doesn't play. Garoppolo is going to get his numbers and Brandon. Ayuk should be very involved as well. All right. Uh, hold that thought. I know you have one. Ah, ah, eh, eh. By the way, Kelsey breathe. in the breathe. Kelsey in the chat says, I'm furiously writing all this stuff down because my book waits to the last minute to drop props. You can do that if your books doesn't have them yet, but we will put up an entire recap at the end of the show. People can screen grab it, do whatever you want. They just won't get the knowledge if they just come back to do that. That's why we don't focus on that. Real quick, Dave, before I lose the question, a fantasy question for you. And I just ah, okay. lost it. I'm glad I lost it. Fantasy question. Would you start cousins over Aaron Rodgers because of the toe issue? I would start cousins over Aaron Rodgers because I think Aaron Rodgers has a slightly tougher matchup than Kirk cousins and cousins has more upside. Okay. That's why I would go with cousins over Rodgers. But I think that both are in play as top 10 fantasy quarterbacks this week. Um, yeah, I, I'm definitely concerned about Aaron Rodgers having a huge game. Like he had last week. Cousins also had a huge game last week. They played each other. I think Cousins can awesome. keep it going. Yeah. There's like 8,000 points in the last three minutes. Alex, what do you got? Yeah, I just wanted to say I, I like the Ayuka prop as well. I would also pay very close attention to Elijah Mitchell's status in the game because we saw last week when he was inactive, uh, Debo Samuels just became a running back in that game. He had, uh, I think it was yeah. nine rushing attempts, nearly 100 yards on the ground, only finished with one catch. So he is so versatile. They're able to literally uh, transition him to a different, to the running back position uh, when they lack body. He's there. So, yeah, in the event that Elijah Mitchell does not play um, on Sunday, I absolutely love this prop, especially in that instance. I think I could I, I can even see if Mitchell's ruled out this number climbing 10, 15 yards um, because Debo will primarily play a running back, in my opinion, uh, without Elijah Mitchell in the backfield. Right. And hey. since we're we're being transparent about injury reports, that seems to be the theme of today's show. Mitchell did practice both days so far this week. I would imagine if he's limited again on Friday, he's got a really good shot to play. But I don't think he's a dominant enough running back 
to completely suck in the entire offense for the 49ers here. As bad as that Vikings defense is, they are very strong up the middle, albeit maybe not so much this week as Dalvin Tomlinson isn't playing, but they're linebackers, very good at stopping the run. They've got very good safeties as well. I think that the 49ers are going to need to at least be balanced offensively if they're going to pull off this win. Dave, let me come back to you in a second for your final play from this game. We have a very time sensitive question from the chat. Uh, Alex, would you play Sanders up to 63 and a half? Uh, It's where it's moved to already since you gave the play at uh, minus 115. I would absolutely. Yeah, I'm comfortable playing this um, up to 64 and a half rushing yards. Yeah, I haven't projected for uh, mid 70s. That does not mean to play him up to the mid 70s. I just want to clarify that point really quickly. (laughs) I'll often say I have a player projected to and then I'll get messages or comments saying oh because you said the guy is projected to this number that that means i can play him to this number that is not the case whatsoever you need to have an edge the edge is that gap between the projection and what the uh, current line is so if i'm uh, so if Miles Sanders, they say I have him projected at 77 yards, his line is at 63 and a half. That's a 14 yard difference. So yeah, I need those 14 yards in order to have an edge on the play. If, if his line is at 73 and a half yards and I have him projected for 74 and a half, that is nowhere close to the sort of edge that I am looking for in order to play something. So yeah, the projected number does not factor in. In, uh, to your betting number. That is just a way to explain the edge that I'm looking for, which is basically the amount of value that I need in order to play something. Educate, entertain, educate, entertain. That's what that last 60 seconds was all about right there. That's what it was all about right there. Uh, all right, Dave, you've got a third and final play from this game. What do you got? Let's go to the Minnesota side of the football coach. Adam Thielen over 58 and a half receiving yards at minus 115. He's been over this mark in four of his last five games. The only game he wasn't was against Baltimore. And that was a weird game for him. Didn't get a ton of targets. Definitely didn't have a lot of catches still scored in that game. I should know I've got him on my fantasy team, but I think he's going to be very much involved and he's been playing a lot more outside this year than he has been in the slot. I'd say it's right around 70% of his snaps. He's been out wide 30% in the slot. That can always shift. You never know if the Vikings want to put him in the slot to take advantage of a favorable matchup. And that's what's going to happen in this game. The slot is where the 49ers have really been bad against wide receivers. The second most yards allowed after the catch to wide receivers since week nine. uh, And also a 78.3% catch rate to slot receivers since week nine. But just to cover all the bases, because he's not going to do everything in the slot. He'll play some on the outside. Still, league average in yards per catch allowed but a 70% catch rate to outside receivers since week nine by the 49ers. Point being that the 49ers secondary is nowhere close to being a shutdown unit. Cousins is doing a great job throwing the football. That offensive line is so good that they're benching one of their young offensive linemen who had been playing okay for a veteran who's been playing out of his mind in the interior line over the last couple of weeks. So Minnesota's got it going on on offense. Defense, they need a lot of help. Same thing with the 49ers. Add it all together into one big, beautiful over ball. And you know that this game is going to put up a lot of points. There's going to be a lot of yardage. Thielen's going to get his just as he's done, like I said, in four of his last five. Oh, I love all of that information. By the way, pound that like button. We're still a long way away from 200 likes. We're not just going to give that hoodie away. You got to earn it. Uh, I know on this show, you guys love the information. Not that active. It's okay. Every show is different. But if you could for it, take the chat down, hit the like button, put it right back up and continue to be active. By the way, did you see the level of disrespect in the chat that I get from the bosses? Did you guys see that? The bosses in the chat said, just like AB says, educate and entertain, educate (laughs) and entertain. Literally, I have invented every catchphrase that this show has. The level of disrespect from the men who hired me is next level. And I don't like it. I don't like it. All right. Let's get to our final game of the day. Rams, Packers, maybe. The game of the week, if it lives up to expectations, most certainly will have an impact on the playoff race down the stretch. Packers are just fair by one, basically a pick them, and the total is 47. Leave it to Dave to find a negative prop, a negative game <laughs> script for us to cash, but I'm here for it. 
Go. Coach, it's not an under, at least. You got to love that. <laughs> that is true. That is true. We're betting, we're betting on Matthew Stafford throwing an interception at minus 120. He's thrown four in his last two games, two in each of the last two games. What's been happening to Matthew Stafford? Why is he throwing interceptions like he has been? He's being pressured a lot. 26% of his dropbacks, he's felt the pressure from other teams. It's led to a 33% completion rate, 2.06 yards per attempt on those dropbacks. That's nauseating but I'm expecting turnovers to happen because he's not completing passes downfield because he's under siege. And this is a Packers defense that's top 10 in pass rush pressure rate, not just over the last three weeks, but on the season as well, right around a third to 40% of the time, they're getting pressure on quarterback dropbacks. That's a problem. And they're getting Rashawn Gary back. That's one of their big pass rushers. How about this? Versus man versus zone. Always something that I look for when it comes to quarterbacks. Stafford, his touchdown to interception ratio versus man coverage, nine to one. That's awesome. But against zone, it's seven to six. He throws at a higher rate of interceptions against zone coverage. And wouldn't you know it, the Packers have been getting by with this great defense with a lot of heavy zone coverage. They're one of the heaviest zone coverage defenses in the league right now. The Packers have 11 interceptions on the year. It's the ninth most in the league. I think that this is absolutely a spot where the Packers defense can come up with an interception or two of Matthew Stafford. And I think the Rams are actually going to struggle in this game. Oh, there's one more point that I need to think of. Oh. We know that Odell Beckham is new to L.A. And we uh -huh. saw in their very first game together that they weren't quite on the same page. One of Stafford's interceptions was a deep ball targeted way off, by the way, to Odell. I wonder if they have not yet still gotten on that same page. And I wonder if Stafford is going to kind of force the ball to Beckham, kind of like Baker Mayfield did in Cleveland. That kind of stuff will lead to an early interception. No problemo. So this is one, I, this is a double sprinkle one for me, coach. I think Stafford's throwing a pick. It's going to be easy for us to cash the ticket. Yeah, I can see us uh, putting out that gif of Matthew Stafford looking up at the replay as he always does when he's running out the yeah. field going, what just happened? I don't know. I don't understand what happened. The Titans, it was like Christmas morning. for Stafford's just throwing a right to all the dudes for the Titans a couple weeks ago. We'll take that. I'll take that because I love the Packers at home. Pick them. Give me the pack. And this, oh my goodness, stop. Alex, what do you got? Yeah, just to jump on what Dave was saying, uh, we have seen this Rams offense, in particular Matthew Stafford's play, pretty much crater without him having a clean pocket. It has been drastic over the past few weeks how much he has struggled, uh, just mainly facing pressure, which we know Green Bay is going to uh, apply plenty of. I do uh, agree with Dave. Having Rashawn Gary back as well uh, will make things very difficult for Stafford, who has just been unable to operate efficiently without a clean pocket this year. Very concerning for this Rams team and Stafford. So, yeah, I do like this prop as well. All right. Dave, let me come back to you. Matthew Stafford, a positive stat from the chat from Eric. Over 274 and a half, I believe, minus 115 for his passing yardage. You know, I was originally going to take the under on that one until I found the interception prop. And I like the interception prop over more than the under for his yardage. I don't really have a good feel for one way or the other. But uh, again, without Robert Woods, think about how reliable Woods was for Stafford earlier this year. And you know the Cooper Cup's going to be reliable for him too. Mm -hmm. It'll come down to how well he and Odell Beckham have tried to get that chemistry going during their bye week. I, I think that it's going to be a little bit of trouble for Stafford to do that. So if I am going to lean one way, I guess it would be the under. That's the one that I researched earlier. But I do like the interception over more. Okay. Yeah. Well, the Packers are great at holding the ball when they have to in the second half, they can milk that clock and keep it away from, from Stafford too. That would also play into my thinking as well. Alex, let me right. come He's to you force in the second half. hundred percent, hundred percent. Several people in the chat are uh, on the Marquez Valdez scantling over 41 and a half receiving yards minus minus one fourteen. Yeah, I'm a little reluctant. I've looked at this prop closely. Um, reason being this Rams defense or secondary is obviously elite. Uh, another thing schematically, they are built to take away um, big plays from the opposing team. That is where MVS thrives. Uh, we did see double digits. I think he had 13 targets last week. Uh, wasn't until like I think uh, one of the last series in the game that A-Rob was able to actually connect with MVS for a big play play. Uh, so yeah, I do actually, even though the number is low, we've got oh, Alan Lazard returning no. to Green Bay's lineup. Oh, and I, 
I would also say that, uh, yeah, Lazard coming back, going to eat into some of those targets, coupled with this Rams defense being so good at stopping big plays. Uh, to me, it's an under or a no play. Did we all just disappear there for a second? Was I the only one? I think you were the only one. I was the only one. I was like, damn, we're all off the board. Today too. <laughs> uh, all right. It is. Uh, we have reached that time of the show. Uh, we're up against it. Let's put up the recap for everybody. Take a screenshot. Take it down. If your book does not have these props yet, use this information to address whatever prop fits into the knowledge that my guys dropped today. There's the four from prop stars, but as always throughout the weekend, he may be dropping more. He's also on our noon Eastern early edge live with more props of the games that come out over the next couple of days. So you can get them there. And of course you can catch Dave on the award-winning fantasy football today, daily, correct, Dave, every single day, correct? Every single day on CBS sports HQ, including Sunday at 10 a.m. That's our dream. Our little early edge show. Our dream is the HQ someday. That's where we hope to get this little show to just a little engine that could just uh, maybe, maybe Dave and his crew will welcome us with open arms. Who knows? Who knows? For sure. All right. For sure. For sure. You've for been sure. on our show uh, before coach. Of course I have. I love being on your show. It's usually when I'm on the road, I come on when I'm on the road because they want to mm-hmm. utilize all of me. All right. We are getting down to it. Once again, happy Thanksgiving to each and every one of you out there. Thanks for hanging out with us. I know this is a tough time on a holiday weekend, but there'll be a lot of you watching on demand. So happy Thanksgiving to all of you as well. Don't forget Saturday morning, a mega morning show, getting you set for a full day of college football. Then on Sunday, three shows here, our normal morning show, then noon Eastern and 720 Eastern time as we will count down to Sunday night football. So there's only one thing left to do. But before I get there, I like to give my two guys 20 to 30 seconds to tell me what they're most looking forward to from the world of props this week. Dave, what do you got? What do you think? I've got three props from one game. I am dialed in to the Vikings 49ers. <laughs> Alex, what do you got? It's officially under season. I'm looking forward to seeing a bunch of low scoring unders and everything besides that 49ers and Vikings game, of course. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm expecting, uh, yeah, like a lot of unders this week. I'm going to be putting out some more unders, a lot of value there. I think some of the overs got inflated uh, due to previous weeks. So yeah, I'm excited. Look out for my article tomorrow, five or four fresh props coming in that piece coupled with coach mentioned Sunday morning before kickoff. I also have some more props uh, before we get into that huge slate of games. I'm excited for this weekend, fellas. Yeah. I mean, you just mentioned a couple of times right there in your dissertation uh, that you'd be giving out more unders. And I feel like the holidays is a great time (laughs) to gain new friends and also lose current friends. And I feel like right now that's what's happening to me, that all of you are just walking away with your backs to me because you just don't care. You just don't care if I'm your friend anymore because no friend would do that to another friend. With that being said, I love you both very much. And there's only one thing left to do. And now you know what that is. You've got your marching orders. Let's take all of these prop tickets straight to the pay window. For my entire team, Uncle Dave, Alex, prop stars, the jeweler, our entire team behind the scenes at Sportsline and the Early Edge. We do it seven days a week, 365 days a year, and we do it for you. Thank you all so much. We'll see you tomorrow right here on the Early Edge. Good luck. Good luck.